Welcome to Believe Right, the weekly radio ministry of Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic, originating from MFC Ministries in Morgantown, West Virginia, USA. Thank you for joining us as we look into the anointed Word of God and learn how it applies to our lives today. Jesus is alive and is healing, blessing, delivering, and changing lives all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast. Don't you love the Bible? I mean, really, isn't it just the most wonderful thing in the world? If you believe it's Bible, it'll, it'll produce things you need. It'll produce oil in a jar that can fill a bunch of other jars. Like, you can't do that with anything else. You have to have the word. You have to have the word. 4-1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take him and my two sons bondmen. This was written at a time uh, where you just couldn't go belly up and not pay your bills. They'd take your kids as slaves and you too. I bet you that'd keep people from borrowing. <laughs> I bet that'd trim up the loans, you know what I mean? If you, if you really, really, really had a consequence for your decision, you probably wouldn't sign so many documents, you know? I'm not saying we should go back to that, but you could see there's a motivator in it, can't you? So this person created debt for the next generation. And you guys know this, this country has reached so far out into the future, wages. I can't remember the statistics, but if we divided $20 trillion up by $500 a month, you know, the Lord can come and go about 25 times, I think, by the time you get that paid. The point is, we have purchased way, way out into the future. We've cursed our children with a debt that cannot be paid. Amen. You know your house don't have to be that way. Don't you ever think you've got to be sub There'll be pressure from the spirit realm on you to succumb to the system. But if you don't bow the knee to the system, God will deliver you. But if you go to the system first, like Asa went to the physicians and not to God, you won't get your answer biblically. You will get it the world's way. And that world will pull you in and they'll give you Prozac and they'll say what you need is another loan. And they'll put advertisements out. No interest for, for 18 months. They'll trap you in a New York minute, however fast that is. You have to make a decision that you're going to serve God. And it's going to be, if the devil tries to afflict you and make you make bricks without straw for a season, you tell him, tough, I'll make bricks without straw because I got God, buddy. That that kind of faith drives the devil out of your life. Because, see, he's not subject to, he can't deal with that. He can't do, outdo God. He don't have that much power. He just got to get you to believe he does. And if he can get you to believe he does, then he can pull you into captivity and make you do things. And then you have a hard time. Now you need a deliverer. Now you got to cry out for a deliverer because you've woven a web of mental ascent thinking instead of faith in God's word. Now you got to get out the hard way. You, you know, that's, where the, that's why pride is so dangerous 
Because if you won't admit you're wrong, you'd rather stay in the web than get delivered and say you was wrong. That's why pride is so deadly. Pride will keep you from apologizing. Pride will keep you from saying you're wrong. It's in your admission of saying I'm wrong that your door, exit door opens to your situation. It won't open without repentance. Repent, that's why repentance is a gift. The best gift you can get is to know that you were wrong. It's an opportunity to repent. It's a gift. Jesus said, blessed are your eyes, for they do see, and your ears, for they do hear. Without repentance, you'll never get out. Thank God he knocks us on the head and gets our attention so he can give us a way out. Thank God he enters your situation, does what you don't want to hear, so you can get what you can't get any other way. And that's why I pray God don't ever leave me to myself. Put some knots on my head if you have to, but don't ever leave me to myself. Repentance. So I'm going I'm to go back because I want to go back to my notes. You know how it is. 2 Kings 20. 2 Kings 20. And I want, sometimes I, I look at my notes to straighten me out, but I preach way past them, you know. Then I got to go back and make sure I cover the points. Thank you, Jesus. Hezekiah, this is a selfish man. What I thought was interesting about Hezekiah, in the first part of the chapter, we'll go there, it's, it's uh, 20, Hezekiah, 2 Kings 20, verse uh, 1. Now in those days Hezekiah was sick, unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus says the Lord, set thy house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Personally, you, you'll laugh at me. I think that was very gracious of God to tell him so he could get his house in order. Even if he did die, I think that's nice of God to let you know. That's my opinion. If you're brave enough to hear it, he can let you know. So what did he do? Man, he, he prayed. He, he turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept. He, was, he sincerely was sorry, right? And the prophet turned around. Before he left the parking lot, he had to come back in and tell Hezekiah it's okay. Now, same king, same king. He shows off everything God gave him to a foreign enemy. That's why you never tell everybody everything you have. It's none of their business. Only you really shouldn't tell. I, 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 sometimes I don't want to tell people, don't tell me what you got. I don't want to know. Because I think that there's a part of your life that God blessed you with that people just don't need to know everything. If you really trust him, that's different. You can have some couple people, but you strangers in your life, you don't never show off what you got. Okay? That's just my version of life. You know, that's how I see things. Well, he gets a result. God tells him, uh, verse 16, he says, Isaiah said unto Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days come that thou and all the, in this house that which thy fathers have generational blessing, fathers have laid up and in, in store to them this day shall be carried into Babylon 
Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. This guy's ego cursed himself, and now he's messed up the next generation, and he really didn't treat the generation before him honorably because he didn't steward it right. And it says, Thy sons that issue from thee, which thou begot, shall be taken away. His kids are going to be taken into captivity. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Now listen to this man's answer. This is the scariest answer you could give. Thus said Hezekiah unto Isaiah, Good is the word of the Lord which thou hast spoken. And he said, Is it not good if peace and truth are in my days? This, when, you notice when he was dying, he prayed, but once the next generation was going to do without everything, he said, it's all right as long as it's not me. You talk about a selfish guy. In other words, when he got sick, it was a crisis, but when somebody else got sick, it wasn't. When, his, when it was his life and his skin, it mattered, but when it was his children after him, it didn't matter anymore. He was living for himself. That's scary. That's scary. In my days. In other words, if my days are okay, I'm okay. Now you realize that's probably what we've pretty much done in the U.S. of A., right? We spent the freedom from the spilt blood that was before us, and then we reached way out into our future and consumed everything we could get our hands on to this day. And you see, the, that's not a good result, is it? And the wealth was carried off to other nations. When it was him, he prayed. When it was somebody else, he just said, okay. Prayer is the vehicle of repentance. It's the car you ride in to get right with God. You have to tell God with words that you sinned. It's how you get out of your dilemma. It's when you're, when you're that, that's why I said repentance is a gift. When your blinders are removed, you can see that you need for repentance. Our nation, I'm going to touch it. I'm not a talking politics, so you can't get in there with me. You can't accuse me of that. But as the church goes, so goes the nation. If the church won't repent, and it's not right with God, what's God supposed to do for the nation when we're the ones that are supposed to make the difference? If we're stubborn and stiff-necked and the same amount of people get divorced in the church that are out of the church, call themselves Christians. You know, love is, you're, you're here, so I'm not, you're not who I'm talking about. I hate to say it, but you don't beat the sheep that come, right? But I mean, all these people that, that, that don't have pastors and make all these decisions, I don't know how they do it. I really don't know how they do it. Major decisions are made in council. And I, I, you've heard me say this before. I mean, it, my, my apostle wasn't a businessman necessarily, wasn't an entrepreneur like me. But I run by everything by him because of his gift and who he is. He didn't have to know about business. He had to know God's answer. I didn't, no offense, I didn't really care if he knew business. I knew he knew God. So I was wanting the God in him, not his, quote, accounting knowledge, and, you know, major decisions you've you got to make in counsel. And, and there are shepherds, you know. There's a reason God has shepherds. You know, how many of you know we need to pray for more shepherds because there's just not enough, right? There is not enough pastors 
And to those of you who think you're called to pastor, it's time you step up to the plate and start cultivating your life for that calling. And I want you to get the right version of a pastor. You just don't stop and become a pastor. You can pastor inside of a church if you're submitted to the leadership of the church in a smaller version and you can handle small groups of people. If your version of pastoring is this, see, see, I'm a, I, would, I would be a pastor if I never stood up here and preached to you because I help people one-on-one -on, -one on a regular basis. And I actually think that's my best pastoring. Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's Believe Right broadcast. Chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of John in God's Word tells us that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God the Father by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins and that He truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena Perosich, and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. TV. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at 001-304-292-7283 or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505 USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosic and Pastor Rena Perosic again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word, which, when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.